man lives in the sunlit world of what he believes to be reality. But there is, unseen by most, an underworld. A place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A A dark dark side. side. Welcome, Questers, to a special presentation by Quest for Player Two. Love Tales from the Dark Side, Part One. (laughs) I'm Journey. I'm Sarah. And I'm Daniel. Yes, and uh, this is the first part to our now, uh, what, what, what do you call this? It's like the first part of our four part because, I mean, do we count last week? So then five part? No, no. it's a, it's a four part. Four because okay. this is the actual time where we're going to be telling gotcha. our, our okay. crime stories. So it is our four part Halloween special. Yeah, it's the first one. And like, uh, honestly, we I don't think we've ever done, none of us have done a podcast like this before. No, not at all. No, no. Uh, but you guys listen to crime podcasts all the time. Yes. All the time. All the time. <laughs> I, I, I listened to my first one last week and I was oh. like, honestly, it's... What, what it did you listen it to? Sound hard. Which one did you listen to? My favorite mur- murder. Ugh, oh my god, that's our, that's our thing. Yeah, that's our thing. And oh like, uh, I, I was like, <laughs> I was scrolling through different ones, and I was scrolling through the list, and then the one that popped out to me was the story about uh, Christopher Donor because I followed it when the whole yeah, thing happened, yeah. and like, and I was like, oh shit, I remember this, and I was like, and this is like, like close to where I live in Irvine, yeah. so, I was like, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out this one, and I was like, it's. Crime podcast not that hard. You just need to do the research and you're good. So. Yeah, exactly. You got to take the time. You got to put in the stories. Like, if you have, have you heard last podcast on the left, they do a really good job too. Uh, yeah. yeah, they were like on the top of the list. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take a stab at it and see how we do. Uh, <laughs> you get it. There you go. Uh, Don't stab that equals death. Okay. So um, just like uh, to remind you guys, please rate and review our podcast. Like, it helps us a lot. We're gonna tell you every single time. Please do it. Um, also, I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> what a creep. Yes. Also, uh, follow our Twitter for all updated news and when our podcasts drop or, or our quizzes, stuff like that. Follow our Instagram so you can see all the cool pictures we post on there. Uh, a lot of stuff with our private lives. Also, so you can just see how we look. Also, we're going to try to post <laughs> some Halloween costumes on there. Oh, yeah. And, and, and guys, thank you so much because like our Instagram has grown significantly in the last like 30 days. Oh, yes. hey, and we, our we, listeners and our like our you guys number, are amazing. Our number right now. We're at, uh, what, on Instagram, we're at 1,000? Yeah, we capped 1,000 yesterday. What? Thank you, guys. You guys have no idea how big it is uh, for us to be able to say thank you to you by just being there, following us, and uh, um, interacting with us. Thank you. We appreciate yeah, it. We thank you a lot. That's why we, we do all these special things for you. And also, uh, don't forget to drop by our website. Uh, that's questforplayer2.com. Uh, since you know we're going to be doing these crime podcasts, we'll probably be posting a lot of no, like notes, pictures, uh, links about the stories we tell. So if you're interested in certain things that we talk about in this podcast, just drop by our website, find the episode on there, and you'll be able to see all the links and pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's get started. And uh, we decided Daniel should go for, yeah. first with his story. Well, I guess I can go ahead with my story first. Okay. Um, so it's called Tall, Hot, Blonde. Now, this was a documentary, uh, later uh, something that uh, Sony Pictures did for probably Lifetime, uh, Mm -hmm. and they made a film as well. But uh, Tall Hot Blonde is pretty much 
the woes or what's dangerous about online dating oh. or the online world itself. Dear God. Yes, that's right. So sit back, ladies and gentlemen, as I tell you the tale of tall, hot, blonde. Now. <laughs> <laughs> That is Ernie, by the way. So yeah. Wow. Like oh, dear God. Oh, I feel it already. All right. So there's a few key players. Uh, Thomas Montgomery, uh, Sydney Montgomery, who is his wife, uh, Brian Barrett, Jessica, who is tall, hot, blonde, and Mary Shiler, who is tall, hot, blonde's mother. Now, Thomas is uh, an older man. Uh, he's online. He's trying his luck online. He was in the military, but discharged, honorably discharged, and has a bit of a drinking habit. Um, he always wanted to be a Marine that actually saw action. Unfortunately, he never really did. Now, he has his trusting wife, Cindy, who loves him to death. You can clearly tell it in every way. Every way. Then there's uh, Brian Barrett, who, like I said before, is on here. He's a young guy working with Thomas at uh, this like kind of factory <clears throat> now there's the interesting one Jessica the tall hot blonde oh. yeah she actually looks like Britney Spears oh wow oh, really? so yeah yeah it's like, like oops oh. I did it again Britney Spears yeah. or like blackout Britney Spears I don't know oops I did it again Britney okay. Spears and tan and everything wait question you said that like uh, her handles actually spelled differently right yes it's T-A-L H-O-T B-L-O-N-D Oh, damn. Yes. So we're missing an E. We're missing an L. That's about it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's weird. Still. And then uh, there's her mother, uh, Mary. So um, pretty much it all starts. Uh, now, Montgomery's uh, 17-year marriage was pretty much falling apart, and he became impotent. Now, that's always a problem, especially if you're a guy, and all of a sudden now it's not working. Everything else is going bad in life, <laughs> and then what else isn't working? That. And it's because of the situation he's dealing with. Yeah. Just being stuck in a rut. The marriage isn't working. It's more of a psychological impotency. So uh, he was kind of concerned with it. So he found a release through like online gaming, like poker and stuff. Then he started to use it to talk to people. Like, you know, tell them his problems. And it's great to do that online because you're able to do it anonymously. Oh, yeah. You can say as many things as you want to people, as long as you don't mention particular names, things like yeah. that, which he says like he didn't do. Like Reddit. Reddit has a lot of subreddits like Come that. Come on. Yeah, exactly. I have so many totally. fake names. <laughs> <laughs> so um, from there, uh, of course, he uh, starts chatting with a girl and he finds Tall Ha Blonde. Oh. And uh, remember, she's 18 years old. And oh. Oh. Uh, she said yes. And he's 46, I think. Uh, 47. That's basically uh, her dad. Whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, but he's on there and he's just talking to her, you know, telling his problems and stuff like that. And then she just stops responding. Really just, just stops responding altogether. And then she says, you're in the wrong room. And he freaks out and he's like, oh, oh, what are you, this is a room for children. You're in the wrong room. And he goes, well, uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 18. And oh, then he lies? Because he didn't know what to say because he was freaked out and he remembers all the things about like people saying like on, you know, like, yeah. oh, catch a predator, blah, blah. He's like, but I wasn't trying to hit on her. I was just venting about my family. I didn't. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm 18. And then so she was like, oh, okay. Cool, 18 and cool. married and impotent. Uh, well, he didn't talk about that part. He just talked about uh, life and uh, everything else because by this time he was already creating his fake personality, uh -huh. a.k.a. Tommy, which is pretty much the younger him because he, he went to 
military when he was 18, blah, blah, yada, yada, all this uh-huh. stuff. So he was already building this persona in his head. So it wasn't hard for him to just say, oh, yeah, I'm 18, and then start going along with the story. Yeah, this is what catfishes do, right? Right. Yeah. Basically, yeah. This is the most the, dangerous catfish. Like I'm a reverse me. catfish? Oh, the most, what is the most dangerous <laughs> game? Catfish. Uh, so <laughs> soon, uh, soon they start to talk a little bit more, and she starts to send some pictures of her in bathing suits, her laying down topless, covering up her boobs and stuff like that, uh-huh. or at least it looks that way, and, right. you know, pictures like that, and, you know, it just after a while uh, he was like well I've got to send pictures back so he sent like 30 year old pictures of himself to her and would, would call her on the phone and <laughs> stuff I mean, like that was the color not different <laughs> no, like- actually they were pretty sharp pictures I'll show you so many things after watching you're like oh dang well that picture actually does look pretty good it's, uh, it's not bad at all I mean this is back when photos were times like time and date stamps. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, he, had, like, he had his military, he had military photos and blah, 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 all this stuff. All right, this is in 2006, all right, okay, and he okay. just, boom. It was amazing. I, when I saw it, I was like, wow, okay, that, that works. And it looks like, it's like a dorky 18-year-old that just ran into the military as of now. He did. He was a ginger, so it's like ageless. It was amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jessica, Taha Blonde, uh, would send him videos and uh, she also sent a, um, like videos set to power ballads of like pictures of her, you know, like picture montage pictures. And they do. I'm gonna lay you down in a bed of roses. It's just pictures I of her. I and just imagine that that's, song's that's going. Power. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm feeling. And imagine <laughs> those songs. So he's going, he's going. And here goes a picture of her playing volleyball. And then another picture melts into it. And it's her like sitting on a chair. And then it's another picture melts into. And it's her reaching out for something. And that's what you're getting. Yeah. See, see, I got, I got, I get the picture. We're making sure the listeners get all of this. I get the picture and the soundtrack. It's all there. That's everything. Telling you, see, we go, we we don't pull any uh, punches here, people. We want to make sure we give you a special. You're getting the best thing ever. <laughs> you're not getting it anywhere else. So, with that, after uh, getting all those, you know, he's feeling pretty great. And then she starts sending him poetry, and then finally Aww. she sends him the panties. Wait, what? In the mail. Stop it. In the oh, mail. In the mail. The panties. So. At one time, Thomas pretended. Uh, <laughs> now, now, at this point, he was kind of concerned. So, he, at one time, <laughs> oh, you're, now That's you're concerned. At this point, he's concerned. He like he picks he up the panties, holds them in his hands. He's like, oh, they, okay, I think I've gone too far here. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you know what he did. You know what he did. And then he said, oh, yeah. he went there, picks them up, looks at him. <laughs> All right, let me put these on my head. <laughs> <laughs> leaves him on for a bit after sniffing him and then he says yeah I've gone too far (laughs) after he has him on his head that's when he says I've gone too far Uh, so uh, that was awful and great so at one so at one time uh, he feels he went so far Thomas even pretended to be his own father what now he said he did this for two reasons one as a way to keep talking to Jessica while he was on dangerous recon missions because remember Tommy was now a military sniper a marine sniper 
paper. Oh, so okay. oh, go gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And he just said that, so that's why he would always have to talk to her every freaking day, you know? Because mm-hmm. she's like, talk to me, talk to me. I haven't got time. I got a wife and a kids, blah, blah, blah. You know? So demanding. Yeah, exactly, right? Jeez, leave me alone. I've got a wife and kids I need to, like, ignore. <laughs> so with that going on nonetheless uh, finally he says uh, once again was a way to keep in contact with her during that and then two trying to end the relationship uh, she didn't let go and he really she's young and that's just what happens they attach and he really didn't want her to it, it was, it was, like, it was a clear fair. given that's a fair thing it yes. was a clear given so then from there uh, Thomas wrote himself a weird note and he kept it at work and this is something that later comes to play and it was so weird and scary on January 2nd 2006 2006 Tom Montgomery Tom Montgomery Dang, Montgomery. this was actually pretty recent yes yeah Tom Montgomery huh. 46 year old ceases to exist and is replaced by an 18 year old battle scarred marine all paperwork is set no. i.e. birth certificate social security card he is strong good looking battle hardened boy he has money in the bank 4.5 million and a 9 inch penis and then he goes on to continue talking about how he's not uh, impotent and blah blah etc but Hold this on. is where I'm, I'm, own, com- I'm just confused uh-huh. where that information just can't like what the reason and this is where they go into it oh wait this was like an affirmation that he had at work ding 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 okay, well no it, no no it. no he wrote this yeah to himself and just kept it there. yeah that's what an like, affirmation that's what, yeah. at work and if he read and it every it day it's like an affirmation exactly and the thing is is this is where it starts that whole disassociative kind of uh dissociative disorder where identity disorder uh-huh. he's creating Tommy so much so that now it's become Tommy is not more just just a lie. It's like Tyler Durden. It's not just a oh, lie. Yeah. It's not a lie anymore. It's actually become so strong. It's actually something. It's ego. And uh-huh. once it gets to be a particular level, it goes beyond ego, and he will no longer exist, and it will be all ego. It's like that's he can go that far yeah. because he believes this lie. Um, they talk about that in the documentary over and over and over again. <clears throat> so. Uh, while this is happening and everything like that, they're going along with uh, just, I'm still going on with the documentary stories and everything else. Mm-hmm. Cindy, his, his faithful, dutiful wife, uh, found the package Jesse sent him. The panties. The panties. Mm, mm, mm. Uh-huh. I wonder what color they were. Red. It's kind of. Like, oh yes. Sorry, yeah. I was trying to think of the name of this. So it's kind of like the dark half. Did you ever see or read that Stephen King? Oh yeah. Where it's like a writer who like embodies his character so much, and like the character comes to life, starts killing people. Mm-hmm. Never but it's heard not of that actually. One. But it's not actually him. Like it is actually it the actually, character yeah. from the book who comes oh, out okay. of the book. Anyway, yeah. that's what like the way you were doing it. Yeah. I was like, that, that's what it made me think. And I was like, what is the name of it? <laughs> that's it. That, that's, that's a good one. But so, um, and she starts yelling at him and telling him, and uh, this is always a problem right here. First thing that comes out of her mouth is you're leading a, you're leading an 18 year old girl on and she was, and, and why would you do that? We're trying to work on our marriage. Uh, I'm right here. Work with me. Talk to me. Oh, but it's easier to talk to someone who's on a screen. Well, then I'll get a screen and we'll talk. Uh-huh. Not at one moment was she like. You fucking cheating on me. <laughs> Not at all. It was, oh, you're leading an 18-year-old girl. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel that if, it well, was, maybe, I, was, if I, I had the wife, I would have been maybe like, she you has, know what? 
such good track of him. That's why she knew he never got the chance to go see her. The thing is, in the way it looks like I'm document, the way it looks like on the documentary, she already knew what was going on. She was reading us some stuff, right. and then I think she found uh, the panties because the way it was like that approach, and she was like, uh, "Now I have everything I need." That, that that was the scene. Like on the documentary, they go to it, and that's what she says. Now, when I found them, I had everything I needed. So it was like, oh, so you've been looking already. Oh, good, yeah. good job. But my thing is, <laughs> yeah. my thing is, I don't know. I just would have been like, you piece of shit. Right. I think I've been <laughs> way more angry. Right. I would have been like, know. you piece of maybe shit. Not. No, I guess I'm. I mean, maybe, okay. If you think about it, it's like she knows him pretty well. Yeah. Read all the stuff, and like, I don't think she's upset. I think she just sees him like pitiful. It's an impotent dude. It's like he can't get it up. He can't even get it up for his But he can't, get, he can't get it up like, for her because of her. He's not. He's not happy with her. Uh, it's, it was psychological for his but, impotency. But I don't see. I don't see her. The, her getting mad because like he's just sad. Well, it is sad, just, but just I sad. think. But also, you have to look at it in the other coin. Flip the coin over and look at her and say, "How sad is she uh, for saying I'm still gonna stay." I'm still going to stay with this guy who it, he has, if he has the capability to do this, all it takes is what if she was in the same city? All it takes yeah. is yeah. I'm going to take a day off from work and I'm going to get a hotel room and now we're going to have sex. She doesn't know. Wife thinks I'm in the factory. They're not going to call back to the job, call home. Hey, sorry to hear you're sick today. No. So that's all it took. It's just, just, he, just for context. because of that, he is as faithful as his options. All right, just for context, uh, do they mention if she works too or is she a stay-at-home wife? I mean, they I feel like that's, that's irrelevant. I don't think that really matters. Well, what, why, why well, do you feel it does? Because, like, maybe she can't really leave him. I mean, like, because she has kids. nothing else to do, yeah? And they the have kids, two kids. I like, think that was the kids was the reason. You, a woman would figure it out. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I feel so sorry for her. And it was just horrible. Oh, yeah, it sucks but, for her. Definitely for sure. But so... After this, that's where Cindy stands up for a bit, and she writes a letter to Jesse and sends it over to this is Jesse, the girl, Tahar Blonde, writes a letter over to her, introducing her to their daughters. And she says, this oh, is my husband. Oh. This is that Tommy that you think you've been talking to. This 46-year-old man who has manipulated you and lied to you. He's built this relationship that you believe out of these things. Please be safe online. There are people that are far more dangerous than just my husband who lied to you. There are men that will kill you. You know, and she's, she's coming from a standpoint yeah. of sister to sister. I need to make sure that you are still okay after this. Uh -huh. Like, you know, that's what she's coming to her at. Yeah. And I was like, dang, now that is grown up. I love every bit of that. That was beautiful. Damn, but, Sydney. Right, right. I'm like, damn, Sydney. Okay. You're a writer now. <laughs> so now <laughs> Brian comes into the picture. Now, Brian had played games with Jesse and uh, Montgomery and Montgomery, who's Tom Thomas. Uh, yeah. She knew they worked together. Uh, and uh, so she reached Wait, out to him. Remind me again who Brian is. Brian is, uh, this, I'm introducing you to him right now. Mm. Uh, he's a guy that worked with uh, Montgomery. Okay. And she knew they worked together. He used to play on the uh, online poker with both of them. Oh, with, so with him with and Tom him and, Yeah, exactly. Got it, got it. So that's why it was like, okay, so they have that kind of connection. Uh -huh. So she reached out to him to ask him about Thomas, and she would just start to share everything until Brian would console her. You know, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. That's, that's horrible. I didn't uh -huh. know he'd lie like all that. Oh, man. 
damn, damn. oh <laughs> shit, I'm really sorry. Like, you know, like that's all, what, what do you want me to do? I'm, yeah. I'm really sorry. That sucks. And then after a while, it kept talking, they kept talking, they kept talking, uh, and that was all she needed. She shifted her focus onto him and she was so sweet and polite because he was so sweet, polite and caring. Then she starts sending him pics and conversation eventually gets to I love yous. Oh no. She's already in love with him now. With Brian. Yeah. So, of course, as you imagined, uh, you can tell Jesse, Jesse just a messy, 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 messy woman. So <laughs> Jesse started hitting She's on got Thomas. Things going at home. Someone needs to go check it out. So then she starts hitting up Thomas again. And uh, she's like, Brian's more, uh, Brian's better than you. He's closer to my age and he understands me and he's not lying like you and all these things. And starts just going at him. So two weeks go by with no conversation from Thomas and Jessica. And then she starts teasing him again. And he simply apologizes. Like he doesn't know what to say. He's like, yeah. you know, I'm sorry. Uh, everything I did was it was all my fault I'm so sorry and you know it was really sincere and uh, she switches up her uh, temperament and asks him to never let Tommy uh, his alter ego uh-huh. never let Tommy die and, what? What? and then he tells her that as long as he is in your heart he won't and they parted ways said they loved each other and then goodbye that was okay. it that's not it Jesse was still pissed at him and uh, every once in a while Jesse would just start uh, hitting him up uh, um, well she pissed at his lies and everything like that and she started to have Brian make fun of Thomas online in chat rooms even Uh at work called him a predator and all these other things like and started to make it even known at work so uh Jesse later invites Brian to come over. Brian's happy, extended. He starts telling coworkers, oh man, I'm finally going to see her and blah, blah, yada, yada. Uh, and of course, when news gets to Thomas. So while Brian's driving down to go ahead and see her in uh, West Virginia, West I forgot where they are. Yeah. How old is Brian? Brian's 18. He's 18. Okay. Uh-huh. So he's driving down. He's you know, so happy to go ahead and see her and all this stuff. She's sending him dirty texts and all that. And he's ready to go. And uh, then he gets a phone call from, uh, for, well, he gets a text from uh, um, Thomas. Tommy, and Thomas yeah. is like, uh, oh, so you're going to go, uh, you're going to go fuck her. You, 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 you're, you like whores, apparently. Uh, she's dirty and uh, all this Jealous. stuff. And then, yeah, and then, you know, this is where I said, I'm no longer a fan of Thomas because <laughs> you have to drop an N-bomb every once in a while when you're really mad at somebody. Uh-huh. If you're an old white guy and you want to be mad at a white girl, you drop the N-bomb. So he says... Don't uh, say it. Don't say it. She's a blank lover. <laughs> a cum-sucking whore and tell her to stay out of my life. So automatically, Brian was like, well, now I have to distance myself from this guy. <laughs> Immediately, Brian's like, wow, I did not know they made you still. So Brian's kind of like, eh, whatever. And then immediately after that happened, I think Thomas may have reached out to her and said something because she hits up Brian and starts talking to him. And she's like, you're only interested in sex and that's all you want. Don't come over. Don't come over. Don't come over. Just, just like that. What the heck? You, you're talking about that and everything? I thought we we were gonna, man, whatever. Uh, so then, because <laughs> that's what she was teasing him with, Blue texting balls. him and all that. So, um, two days after uh, she hits Thomas up and says uh, she wants to talk to him or she wants to talk to Tommy, uh, and 
she says, you know, Tommy is the man I will always love. He's my first love. I, I would love to talk to him. But he doesn't exist, girl. He's not real. Exactly. But this is uh. the issue. It's so much better. Okay. So um, Montgomery asked uh, to be friends again, and Jesse agrees. They just keep going back and forth. Clearly, she has an issue with, uh, like, attention, dude. Uh, yeah. So then uh, Thomas confides to Jesse and telling her uh, Brian betrayed him, and he'll pay in blood. Like, he starts saying all this shit to her. What and now fuck? that's when everyone starts to get worried. So Jesse gets off. Uh, uh, Jesse, even though she's like, oh, my God, you know, whatever. Conversation turns to sex. So she's getting off on this. Uh-huh. And, you know, blah, blah. And they cyber and all this stuff. And they're just really getting into it. And every, while, every once in a while, they'll jump back on. He starts to say that stuff. Oh, my God, it turns me on. A man fighting for me. And then, you know, they just did do this for a while. And they just kept going. Uh, and then finally... Uh, let me see. Tell and Sydney, the wife, has no idea. That Sydney has no idea again. they continued. No idea. Damn. Man. Uh, so um, so Tommy had enough and uh, threatened Jesse and her loved ones. He just got upset because he thinks that, you know, Brian, you know, I'm, I'm done with Brian and I think that you still be talking to him. And uh-huh. she says, no, I haven't been talking to him. Well, I, I think you have. So, uh, you know, uh, we're done with this because he looked at her MySpace and he saw that Brian was a friend on her MySpace. Uh-huh. Oh, old it MySpace. Is. Exactly. So then he's like, uh, I'm going to end you, blah, blah. And all this stuff and uh, so uh, Jesse says you know what well leave me alone Tom I, I can't deal with this anymore she's so freaked out uh, she goes ahead and t- gets her mom on the phone uh-huh. her mom gets on the phone she says um, you need to leave my daughter alone etc et and he's like well then tell your daughter to leave me alone too I've already tried to stop we've tried this and she calls me back she says something else and she calls me back and blah 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 tell her to leave me alone and then she's like yes but you as a grown man need to leave my daughter alone as well I will call the police and blah blah all this stuff and he's like alright but we have a deal she'll leave me alone like, yes okay sure that sounds great then Jesse came right back and said hey my mom doesn't need to know what? And here oh, he goes. Girl. Starts going with the sex talk, which is his button. He goes right into it. And uh, he, once again, is all great and everything's going great. And then he figures out that, um, again, she's talking to... Uh, She's talking to Brian, uh, and he threatens her by threatening uh, Brian out of fear. She tells Brian, and Brian says he doesn't care. He's, he, you know, he's he's all about BS. He one time was looking at me in a parking lot and kind of steered, like, try to, you know, steer towards me to scare me or whatever. Uh-huh. I'm not afraid of that guy. That's what uh-huh. he keeps saying, whatever, like that. Um, so... Thomas says, oh, so you, then she goes back and tells Thomas immediately. Oh, so, so I spoke to him. I didn't know you tried to hit him or blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. That's, you know, oh, that's so no. hot. So hot. Exactly. And She's getting then, off on him trying to kill somebody. Exactly. But then I think he got a moment where he was done with it as far as the games. Yeah. And then, so he says, you know, well, and I'm going to, he drops the end bomb again. Uh, and tell her he hopes she gets raped by a pack of n-words uh, and that I'm like a pack a pack like we're animals like dude I don't like wolves. Oh, god that's why he's in jail now so uh, 
uh, like wolves, <laughs> like a pack of N words, like a <laughs> random package running down the street. Oh no! And then, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works out. I mean, yes, I do understand in porn, usually it's like always a gangbang of like black dudes and one woman. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like the poor blonde white woman yeah, that's, that's like, there's so oh many dicks. Yes, Why are they so big? <laughs> but come on my face. <laughs> how did I, I get here? Why I, are there so many dicks? Stop with them. I think they call those. I think they call those mandingo parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> but it's just like literally, he's just like a pack of them. They're just gonna come and get her. <laughs> oh my, my sound effects with the mic that was great. I just, <laughs> stop hitting! Stop hitting me! Uh, so. Um, it, it goes on that after he says all this stuff to her and he's like, I'm done. He hasn't spoken to her. Um, the next three days, uh, he would sign on, call her a whore, and then she'd log off. <laughs> Day three, called you a whore, she logged off. Day two, called you a whore and logged off. Captain Friday, Bob. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Day three, Friday night, calls her a whore, logs off. And then it finally happens. Brian leaves work and he's shot. What? Brian leaves work and he's shot. And the problem is this was a Friday and the area was kind of like clear and empty. Yeah. They don't find him until Monday. They don't find Brian's body to uh, Monday. So he might have lived if they actually found his body? Possibly. Oh, they man. Found him, but That's yeah, sad. they don't find him until Monday. Oh, well, no, it looks like the way they shot him because he, uh, the person that shot, shot him literally comes up to the car with a rifle and just that's it like point blank yeah pop pop they have the his tires his tire has been uh uh like popped before so it's just a sitting duck and then they said the person just walks up and since the engine's running on a big truck you can't hear people walking up oh yeah walks up doesn't have to roll down the window just and it walks off that's it he's dead um, so that's what happens to Brian now. So Brian's dead. So damn. Now with that being the case, we start to worry, and the police immediately say, "Well, then, all right, um, we have to figure out who it may be." Brian was Suspects. talking about exactly. Brian was was talking about Thomas. So people have heard the story. Let's go ahead and see if it's Thomas. Yeah. Cops come immediately looking for Thomas. They can't find him. They're searching like crazy. They can't find him. So now they're trying to worry about. Well, why would? If it was Thomas, why would he kill Brian? Then they hear the stories about Jessica. We have to go find Jessica. So now they're like, we uh-huh. need Jessica's address. We can't find her. They have some people that are searching her, uh, searching for her, and they start to find her MySpace page. They find out where she is. It says West Virginia all the time, blah, blah, blah. And then they start looking for pictures, trying to find locations. They match it up. And then they head out over there to West Virginia to try to find her. But they're still having problems because they're like, where exactly in West Virginia? Yeah. Okay. Now we're reading his log. Now they have the things to read Thomas's stuff, but they're reading Brian's only yet. They haven't started reading Thomas's stuff. Uh-huh. And she did mention about panties to Brian about Thomas. And so um, that was like, okay, so now something's mailed to him. So let's find out. They uh, read more of the stuff. They find out he had a problem with his wife that knew about it, blah, blah. So they go to the wife and they ask, let's see the mail. With the panties. Right. So we can get the address. Why would she still have that, though? Don't know, but she had the box. Oh, all right. (laughs) And remember, she did mail something over to her also. Which she did receive. You're right, you're right, yeah. 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 So now they're like, okay, cool. 
So now we know that that happened, and immediately from there, they get the address, they rush over, and they go ahead and they're knocking on the door, trying to find her, and sure enough, when they get to the door, uh, the door opens up, and it's Marie, Marie Mary, the mother, already, and she's uh-huh. like, what's going on? You know, like, what do you guys saw? They're like, where's Jessica? Well, something's going on, blah, blah, yada, yada, where's Jessica? And she's, she's freaked, because it's just like, well, what the hell, a cop's in my door, and yeah. I have to my daughter, and she is freaked, like, uh-huh. uh, just like, lost it all. And uh, let me see. I'm trying to read so I can get exactly what was said. Okay, so um, so police are looking for Thomas. Like I said, they come, they show up. Uh, Justin's mom answers the door, and uh, they're telling her exactly what's going on. Uh, and she says, well, "My daughter lives in Concord." And they're like, well, "Concord? That's miles and miles from West Virginia, uh-huh. where the stuff was sent, and it was here at this address, right. your address." And she's like, "No." No, that can't be. My daughter lives in Concord. I don't. What, what's going on? Tell me more. They start telling her more and letting her know, like, okay, your daughter has had some kind of illicit kind of, you know, relationship online with a with a man who is forty six years old. Blah blah yada, yeah. and, and with a guy. Seems like there's a love triangle. She shot, and before she can even finish, she starts crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mary's like, oh my god, like. My daughter is circled around this. Like, you know, she's still freaking out. And then that's when she says, I was using my daughter's likeness, my daughter's image, and online as my daughter. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yes. I loved it because I went out telling the story. I was oh my afraid. God. I was afraid you were going to catch it. That was, <laughs> you're right. Because that was perfect. Like, like, because she's like, uh, at one point, Tommy pretended to be his own father. Yeah. But now, <laughs> but she pretended to be her own daughter. Boom. Boom. She got baby. on the phone as herself. But oh my God. Yes. So, how, um, wait, how the hell was, <laughs> how was Marie getting all the nudes of her daughter? Oh, <laughs> see, it wasn't nudes. Now, remember what? where she's laying down like this yeah and holding her stuff but she also did get a video of her daughter in a compromising position when her daughter was like reaching over something uh-huh. and she takes the camera and gets closer and zooms in on her daughter upper skirt oh what the up fuck? her own daughter's skirt and she took that picture t- wow. took that picture and video intentionally because this way she was able to send it so they start to look up all the like they're, they're telling her all the stuff that's happening and Stop how now someone's right dead. Now. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not it. Um, so let me see. Mm-mm, Thomas Confines. Okay, finally. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Jessica's police report said, uh, Jesse's police report said, um, said Montgomery called her, uh, well, not Jessica, but Marie says, uh, he called her after the murder and said, your boyfriend was easy to take care of. And she didn't know what was going on. He said it and then he logged off. So she didn't know what was going on, but she was just kind of, Uh and she was like, I don't know. I haven't haven't spoken to Brian yet. I sent him a message. He didn't reply yet, Uh but I was like, I know he's getting off of work. So, you know, that's how she felt. Um, so they finally showed, uh, and then along with this, that so many things happen. So she confesses and all that stuff, blah, blah, yada, yada. They figure out it's Thomas, or at least they're charging him for it. Uh, he denies it. They finally showed him uh, who, who he was talking to the whole time. They said he went stark white. 
She grasped no. the table like freaking pissed off. Grabbed the table and started to just like ball his hands up and just so hard. Mm-hmm. One of his nails kind of like pops <gasps> off, and off. bleeding. And he's just so upset. He's so upset. And he still didn't admit to the murder and tried to commit suicide in jail also. Wow. Yes. Because the reason he said. The catfish got catfish. There you go. Holy Mary shit. Schiller, who uh, is also married. She was married. Stop oh damn! It. Yes, uh, to Jesse's father. Yeah, uh, and he was quoted by saying, "Mary, because the daughter asked Jesse asked uh, the father, how how could she do this? Yeah. Like send pictures of me and talk to people, send panties and blah blah. And like my God, like how could she do this to me? I'm her daughter." Yeah. And he said simply, "Mary's capable of anything. If she thinks she won't get caught." She'll do it. That's always been what her family told her, told him. And he was like, he should have thought about it then. They said there was a story when she was a kid that uh, she knew she was going to get caught. But if she can cry her way out, then they'll believe it. So oh. she ran through the side off to a corner and she's poking the corner of her eyes to make them watery so oh, that when yeah. she needs to, she can call out the cry on command. Uh-huh. And they said they saw her and they caught her doing it and their family just laughed and they always thought it was funny. But he's like, that's a sociopath you guys gave birth to, essentially. She's <laughs> learning how to lie that well. And uh-huh. that was at, he said, that's when she was like 10 years old. 10 years old, a kid figures out, all right, poke, 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 water. I can call it on and I'll boom here are my tears that's dangerous dude. Yeah. and they didn't think about it they didn't watch or try to take care of it they just cultivated it so taught her how to keep it away how, how to lie he's like your mom's always been a liar told wow. her that and things like that <laughs> um, the, the family is separated from separated from her uh, she's trying to write a book um, about okay. the dangers of the internet is she in jail <laughs> uh, nope she cannot be charged for a crime. She did not commit a crime. Yeah. Unless someone wants to sue her civilly, she's perfectly fine. But nobody's yeah. going to sue her civilly. Not her mom. No. I mean, not her daughter. daughter yeah, not, not her, her husband. Husband divorced her. And also, just so that you guys know, he is dating. So, yeah. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. And that is the story of Tall Hop One. That's crazy. Oh, shit. You, you, you. I was expecting it to be like, I was expecting Jessica to be a catfish. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting it to be her own mom. (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Like, I kind of, I kind of saw it like steering that way, but I was like, I was like, no, there's, this could be so much more. I knew I I had to tell it away that it was left it so open. So when I dropped it earlier, it'd be like, damn it, I knew it. Because you mentioned it. Yeah. You mentioned it when you told me, oh, I got the perfect story. It's like, it kind of hints it in the beginning, but then, you know. Yep. I was like, I but I'm going to do my best to hide it. I you did a good you. job at hiding it. I told you, man. Because the thing is, it's like, I, I had a bunch of questions, and I was like, I want to drop these questions. I was like, no, but this this might fuck up his story. Mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to just wait for it. I know he's going to deliver. I appreciate I'll it. Save all I the questions it. to the end. I that was great. It, mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank just you. all reaction. All reaction, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was amazing. So, uh, <laughs> Daniel, I'm going to need you to send me pictures of yes. these people because I want to know how Taha Blonde looks like, the daughter. I want to know how the mother looks like. I want to know. I want to know how Tommy looks like. So, I was thinking when I was doing this, if I was you like, can screen I should, cap, I get wanted pictures. To, I wanted to pull the pictures and while I was telling the story, like flick over from. And this is when this person said, and this person keep showing their faces. <laughs> so you could like see it yes. though, like a picture book almost. Yeah, yes. I was like, nah, nah, nah. I'm going like, to give you the story like the listeners would get it and just see how it works. Yeah. 
So I like, like it. So yes. So uh, yeah, send us the pictures that we'll post it on our website. So if you guys are curious to, to get some <laughs> like visuals of this story. Yeah. Make sure you visit the page. Oh yeah. Uh, so Sarah, you're yeah. up next. I'm so excited. Yes. So, I can't wait for you. I love every time you tell a story. You, know, right, you, you, right? you, you me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so should I like? So I went down the Reddit rabbit hole. Oh, this is what I God. did. Right? That's the best one. Yeah. So and I found this story that I just thought was incredible. And um, should I say the name of the story and like who originally wrote it? Like give the, yeah, like go do all the it. credits. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. give give give, give the credits in the beginning. Sounds good. So the story is my stalker became my roommate's boyfriend by Gemma Darling. Oh boy. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm girl. Oh boy. Okay, are you ready? We're ready for this ride. So this happened years ago, but still affects me to this day. I apologize for the length ahead in advance, but I feel like I have to tell the whole story. Oh no, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the summer after I graduated high school, I was still living at home. I was laid up once I was up late one night and I was packing for a camping trip with my friends. It was unbelievably hot and I had the window open as I sat and I folded clothing. It was around two in the morning and the next thing I knew there was a hand coming through the gap in the screen of my window. I screamed and the hand flew back out and I was stunned but there was a part of me that wondered if it was my younger brother pranking me. I got up and looked out the window and just saw a figure of a man staring back at me. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready, Daniel. Oh, this is so, this is real good. All, already, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Just imagine. Can you imagine that? Um, this girl writes really well. It's like, in my head, I can see it. Uh, I ran into my brother's room and he was there playing video games. We called the police who came and searched the area and they found nothing, but warned me and my parents to lock the windows and the doors and left. We were all shaken up and my mom had a feeling that he would come back. It turns out that my mother's intuition was right. She went outside and waited on our back porch. After 20 minutes or so, she saw a man dressed in black slinked in our backyard along the tree line. There was an offense on that side, unfortunately. He hid behind a tree for a few seconds and ran to another tree and hid there, slowly working his way towards my window. Bro, you're so bad at hiding. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, my mom just gave me a, a, a blow by blow. She was like, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. It's like a little cartoon. Like, she's like, somebody come look at this. Come look at this. Look at this right now. We can see you. Exactly. Like, come on. Yeah. My mother yelled something to him and he took off running. The police came back out again, but found no trace. I never opened that window again. Not even the curtains. My parents installed some motion detecting lights and that seemed to be the end of that. About six months later, my friend and I got an apartment downtown together and we were really excited as it was our first place on our own. The apartment wasn't exactly the best quality, but it was just fun to be living in the city with my best friend. The downside was that it was street parking only. Welcome to Los Angeles. This is not where this takes place, but we all know how that that is. After a few weeks, my car was broken in two. Nothing was taken, but a single rose sat on the passenger seat. It was creepy, but I vowed to be vigilant and safe. I always tried to park close to the entrance near the lights, but often it was difficult to get those spots and I would often have to park farther away on the darker streets. Things began escalating at this point. My car was broken into at least once a week. Most of the time a flower was left, which I always threw on the ground. But once a pair of men's underwear was left for me. And even more creepily, once a bag of Tootsie Rolls as they are my favorite candy. Girl, why did you not have that underwear tested? She might why have. DNA she testing. Have the thing is, like, tested. if he's not in the system, it won't matter. Well, he uh, this he is most true. likely is. He most likely yeah, actually, yeah. Most likely. 
how are these? When was this man? Well, nah. it was probably before before we got in before the world got into true crime. So I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> but it's probably not before mm-hmm. Law and Order SVU. So Fair enough. That show's been on for a million years. Uh, this made me wonder if the person knew me personally, and I started to become suspicious of everyone. Oh man! Because the Tootsie Rolls, like who yeah. would, you would people yeah. you know would know that. <laughs> Get ready. You want to push it before I keep going? You want me to? Yeah. I'm just gonna say it again. We're in a day and age. I don't care how old or wherever. She should know be able to get those things tested because how else would we not know besides our great great grandfather dick wolf what the heck oh gosh <laughs> it was so perfect because i was supposed to be like dick wolf this Law is on order i'm sorry guys <laughs> that was amazing this is what please, happens with radio please leave it like that <laughs> i just messed up. oh god all right i'm going away <laughs> The laundry was in the basement of the apartment, and one day I went to get a load that uh, that finished drying. As I started to fold, I realized all of my undergarments, bras, and panties all were gone. Oh man, he went all the way instead of a tiny one, girl. <laughs> Stop <laughs> I it! Had to show up for a second. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. But so what you're saying is, that's but my iced tea. Uh-huh. He's always shocked and surprised. <laughs> so what you're saying is. Your underwears. <laughs> with your underwears? Yeah. All right, all right. Never mind. Keep going. Okay. Another week, I had a male friend over from school, and his tires got slashed during the visit. By the time the first letter arrived, I had already started making plans to move elsewhere. The letter described a love for me that had been going on for years, and he noted that that pro- Sorry. He noted things that proved he had been watching me closely. Uh, yeah, I was able to arrange for another friend to take over my lease and I moved in with a different friend on the other side of the city. It was a secure building and had an underground parking garage that was only accessible to tenants. I felt much more secure and the extra money spent was well worth the peace of mind. Heck yeah. 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 Things were quiet for a few months and then my roommate got a boyfriend. Oh, good for her. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. Most of us were wary of her new boyfriend from the beginning. For one, they met on MySpace after he reached out to her. Another reason was that the new boyfriend, Matt, was extremely good looking. And while Ashley is a wonderful person, she just wasn't the type you would typically expect someone like him to date. Shady. All the shade, but I, you know. But she must have had a wonderful personality. Right, I'm sure. Um, But, you know, her friend was thrilled and she had never had a boyfriend before and really felt like he was her Prince Charming. Oh, I thought he was weird and creepy from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Matt was on the quiet side and always seemed to be sporting an uncomfortable, leering smile. It was difficult to carry on any sort of conversation with him because he would always make it weird with some random facts that were completely unrelated to what we were talking about. I had deleted my MySpace when the initial stalking began, but I created a dummy account to learn more about Matt. It didn't look like he really knew any of his friends in real life. There were only pictures of himself and the rest of the information was really, really vague. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Here it is. My friends and I gently tried to discourage her from seeing Matt. He technically hadn't done anything wrong, but he was just really strange. She would immediately get defensive and would shut the conversation down. And Matt started to spend more and more time at the apartment. And I found myself finding any excuse I could to avoid being home. One day I came home from work and found Matt on my couch, alone, drinking a beer. Uh, was, what? 
It was a Paps, I bet you. It was a blue ribbon. It was a Paps. He has a goatee, and he's wearing a wife beater. I yes can see no. it. That's a yes. Yeah? So what we're, we're seeing is accurate. Right now. It's a lifetime movie. You know, mm-hmm. that's usually that's the bad guy on any lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. He has a goatee. He's holding the paps, and he's wearing a wife beater. Okay, I accept yeah. it. We're, we're we're assuming he's white, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 one hundred percent. I'm just making sure we got the same picture in yeah, the head yeah, right sure, now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. white dudes, get it. Together. <laughs> yeah. um, Scariest species. My roommate had been called into work, and she told told him he could just hang out. I was furious because I didn't want to spend any time with him. So I grabbed a beer and a snack and I headed to my room and I shut the door. Yes, girl. About 30 minutes or so, he knocked on my door and suggested that we watch some TV and get to know each other better because we both loved my roommate. I didn't want to, but decided that maybe I should just give it a try. He put on a movie and I just tried to focus on that because I did not want to talk. At one point, I glanced over at him and he was staring at me with a smile on his face. I snapped what at him and he just continued to smile and said, I just can't believe it. Believe what? I asked. He said nothing and went back to watching the movie, still smiling. I had no idea what he was talking about, but the interactions had every hair standing up on my body. I excused myself and locked the door into my room. Another month or so went on and I had managed to avoid being home much of anything beyond sleeping and showering. Matt practically lived there and had brought a bunch of his things to her room. I really didn't want to move again, but it was beginning to look, I was beginning to look for other options. She has it tough, right? Uh-uh, not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. But just, don't like him. Yeah, you're just like, he's really creepy. He makes me uncomfortable. I don't like your boyfriend. And like, yeah. that's hard in general, just like with friends, if they don't like who you're dating. So like, imagine but, this guy. But like, just just in general, like not feeling feeling comfortable in your own home yeah. is the worst. And that's where it's like, honestly, I don't, I don't feel it would have been wrong to tell her, hey, look, your boyfriend can't be here if you're not going to. If you're not here. Yeah. If yeah. You're not Absolutely. Right your boyfriend, yeah. He can't be here. I think that's he completely can't. fine. Uh, like, yeah. To, to say, yeah. I agree. Uh, nope. Yeah. You can leave. Yeah. Like me and my roommates, we have a rule that it's like, if it's somebody that we don't know, we should ask each other for permission if they're, they they can stay here or, or at least mm-hmm. like be over here. I had that with a roommate. I was yeah. like three dates before you can bring them to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, or just friends. I'm, I'm like, fuck in your car. Fuck in the car, do something. I don't know. Um, I don't want to die. So on their six month anniversary, I saw a huge bouquet of flowers on the table that had an already open card propped up next to it. I rolled my eyes and was about to leave when I decided to see what the weirdo wrote her. When I opened the card, my heart started to beat through my chest. Without even reading the words he wrote, I was shaking. The handwriting was exactly the same as the one my stalker had sent. Oh no, oh no, Uh -uh. uh-uh, mm-mm. I had kept them as evidence and dug them out of my desk for comparison. Good job. The handwriting was unique and identical. Matt was my stalker. Hi. So hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I see once again. Um, so, so what you're saying is because I just can't believe this. What you're saying is he is the same stalker that's been stalking you since you were at home in the woods. Correct. And now he followed you all the way to the city. Yeah. Dated your roommate. Yeah. So this way he could be next to you. Correct. Okay, no more questions, Jana. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. But he's good Pardon looking. Me. Why go into that whole effort? It doesn't like, matter if you're good looking, if you're mentally disturbed. Touche. Um, I called the police first. 
as they were on their way, I called my roommate and asked her to come over. She was at work, but she said she'd be there when she could. I was terrified to tell her because I knew she would be shattered. And the police took a statement from me and actually went to her work to get more information from her. And they ended up breaking the news. Apparently, Mm -hmm. she had called him and left a furious message, even though the cops told her not to say anything. And he completely disappeared after that. There was no Matt or anyone matching his resemblance at the place he said he worked. My roommate had never been to his apartment because he said he had been staying with friends while trying to save money for a trip to Europe. His family lived out of state and she had never met a friend of his because he said they had a falling out because he was choosing to spend so much time with her. It was all lies. And in the end, she was dating a stranger. We don't even know if Matt was his real name. The cherry on top of this whole thing was when we were through going through Matt's things, he had left everything when he disappeared, FYI. And, and she and I decided to go through it all. There was a duffel bag that was full of gym clothes, but in the compartments, there were about 10 photos of me. All were taken far away with the exception of one of me sleeping. Um. The sheets were current, so I know it had, had, it had been at the current apartment. So I started locking my bedroom door. A few pictures dated back to before the incident at my parents' house, which made us think that it was him as well. Two pairs of missing underwear were there, and I shuddered to think what he did with the rest. A Starbucks lid with my red lipstick marks, a necklace I hadn't even noticed was missing, a few other random sick souvenirs. The police never tracked him down. I decided to accept an opportunity overseas that I had been considering and get the hell out of there. Good. Unfortunately, my roommate and I quickly drifted apart and she had a really time accepting that her first love was a complete psycho. I think I had some underlying anger, most likely misplaced for believing all his her believing all his lies and letting him into our life. I don't know in the in the end what his game was. Would he have tried to hurt me? Would he have simply simply been content with being in my world? It's something I will never know. Being stalked changes you. Even when I lived across the world, I look over my shoulder everywhere I go. I still have no social media accounts attached to my real name. I'm now married with children and know that he moved on to torment some other poor woman. But every time I visit my hometown, I am tense, keep a low profile, and part of me will always worry that Matt will resurface again. Even I felt the chills on that. Like, dude, because do you get away from that? Like, uh, the thing is, the the scariest is always there. The scariest part of that is is not knowing. Yeah. Not yeah. knowing the intent or or what could have happened. It's it's not knowing and constantly having those questions mm-hmm. hang over you along with the possibility that they can come back. Yeah. I I just don't know. Oh God. You're welcome. I, I don't think I can deal with that. I, I really don't. Oh, that was intense. Yeah, it yeah, was. A, yeah. I read it. And I was like, I know you guys are. We were like true crimey stuff. I was like, this works though, because the police are involved, and it's like such a crazy no, no, we're, story. We're not. And, we're not specifically looking for true crime. We're just looking for like couple related crime thing. stories. Yeah, which this is one hundred percent. Like, yeah, like it doesn't have to be true. So, crime. No, he went so like stalked her since she was in high school, dude. Like, like, where, like he had to have like seen her. Like they probably didn't even go to the same school together. Right? He went to a, like a rival school. They probably he saw her at, like a game or a dance. You know what I mean? Like, where like, did he even like see her? The mall? And it started off scary when you said like the hand was there and it pulled back. And then when they look outside, there's just he's a just figure. standing there like, like a what, creep. So I wonder when she said the figure was he right? Was he still right at the window? Or was he? No, like, she said he was like off. In, like, yeah, so he's off in the distance. Just a single person standing there in the nightlight. Just 
Oh, that's one of the scariest images ever. Just on grass, just some person just standing there on grass, just standing. And they know you're mm-hmm. looking at them and they know yeah. that you can't see who they are. And they're just like, I'm going to stay at this distance and you're going to stay there too. No, nope. Mm-mm. I'm buying a gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying a gun. So that's my story. My stalker became my roommate's boyfriend. Ah, damn. That was, Jesus. That was intense. You're welcome. So we, we came through bringing the heat so far today. So Arnie, what you got? Yeah, uh, it's all right. So I, I honestly, I'm not a good, as good storyteller as you guys. So I'm going to do my best. Good thing that I got a little bit of help from Netflix. So the, the story I picked is the um, Amanda Knox story. Uh, the first time yeah. I, the first time I ran into the story, it, it's, it's a Netflix special. It's on Netflix. So if you guys are interested, well, actually, no, as soon as you're done, I'm done with the story, go watch it. So you can get the real retelling and like, see the visuals of this, uh, because this is one intense story that, like, uh, yeah, like it had I'm me so conflicted. excited for this story. It had me conflicted. So, um, Amanda Knox, she was a typical American white girl from Seattle. She seemed, she came off as really tomboyish when she was like telling her story of like how she was when she was younger. Um, and uh, she had a nickname, uh, which was Foxy Noxy that her friends called her that it was on her MySpace and everything. And, um, I think what really appealed to me when the first time I saw her too, was, uh, she, she honestly reminds me a lot of my ex-girlfriend Summer. Oh, okay. The way she, the way she, the way she acts, it just reminded me of my ex. And I was like, oh man. I was like, let's see, let's see what happens with her. So, uh, like most young adults after high school, they, they want to travel and see the world. And so when she was around 22 years old, uh, she decided to move to, uh, Perugia, Italy there, uh, there she moved in with a British girl who was around the same age as her. And her name was, uh, Meredith Kircher. So um, Amanda was, she's, she's cute. She's cute, honestly. But in Italy, she was considered the hot blonde American girl. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it doesn't matter what country it is. Everybody loves a foreigner. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, be- come on now. <laughs> well, hello. And, beca- <laughs> and because of her status, she landed a job at a local pub called Le Chic. Le, Le Chic. Le Chic. Le Chic. Le Chic. Uh, yeah. So, Chic. and it was owned by Patrick Lamumba. And uh, he thought hiring a cute American blonde girl would honestly just bring in more customers. I bet it did. I bet it did. <laughs> yeah, accurate. So uh, this is Italy, all right? So, I mean, you can't move to Italy and not get into a romantic fling. Like it, <laughs> like something romantic has, you just want to find somebody and just have a romantic thing. This is freaking Italy. And so, as, especially in Amanda's case, for, for being cute, American girl, like living out there, like uh, for her, it happened during a classical music concert that she went to. She went there by herself mm-hmm. and uh, there was where she noticed a cute yet very shy Italian boy named Rafael Solicito. Hello, Rafael. Yes, Rafael. Solicito. They made Ooh. eye contact. And honestly, he, he wasn't even sure if she was actually looking at him. He kept looking behind him. I was like, who is she looking at? And it's like, is she looking at me? And then he realized, holy shit, she's looking at me. And then he's like, yo. And then they <laughs> it's clicked. going down in the deal. They clicked. And, uh, <laughs> and so he's a local boy. So he showed her 
all the beautiful romantic spots in town. I'm sure I did. Yeah. yeah. And I bet you looked at her right off the bat and said it, you know, like, I can show you the world. <laughs> yeah. Shining, shimmering, splendid. <gasps> Tell me, princess. <laughs> you last let your heart decide. Uh, and uh, what she really liked him. And but mostly for the fact that she he was not like the other guys in Italy, like doing their absolute best to hit on her and impress her because she's the American girl. It it was love. It was cute. They were basically having one of those super sappy, romantic, uh, two people from different countries falling in love. One of those relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when they met, that was a week before the murder happened. What? A week before the murder happened. Week. What? Yeah. So that's amazing how you like uh, turn the page at the same time you say it. And we're just sitting there like, what? What? I'm ready. November 2nd, 2007. A call was placed to the police that there was signs of a break in. A door was locked and one of the girls that lived in the residence were missing. (gasps) Police were dispatched to the scene. Uh, The front door was open. The place was a mess. Mm -mm. And Meredith Kircher was found dead. Oh. Small, beautiful Italian town. A beautiful British girl murdered in a horrible way. Mm. Well, it blew up. It caught the attention of all the media, even some of the international outlets, because she's a British girl. So, hey, guess what? We had British, like, journalists flying into this tiny little town which was known for tourism and like being beautiful. So the town didn't know what to do. Like, we don't the, have murders here. What yes. is happening? And, yeah, right? and they were, we have less than 1% crime. <laughs> it's it, kind of like, what's that? What's that? Uh, Hoffa's? Sorry. Right. Yeah. And so this town, all they cared about is appearance. How are we going to look? How are we going to handle this situation? Yeah, all eyes are on us. So here is Amanda's retelling of the events of that night. The night before the nur- the murder was discovered, Amanda was at Raphael's. They were watching Amelie. It's a French movie. It's actually really mm-hmm. good. It's yeah. nice. So during the movie, Amanda receives a text from her boss, Patrick, telling her she did not have to come into work that night. Hey, happy news. So she was like, I'm going to continue with uh, my night with Raphael. So they finished the movie. They made dinner. Then, then they wrapped up the night with her reading him from a German Harry Potter book. They cuddled. Oh my God, it's like dreams. Yeah, oh, they what? cuddled and then they porked. So, so they fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning she told. Relationship goals. <laughs> yes. Harry <laughs> Potter and porking. That all works great. Oh. The next morning she told Raphael she was going to go home, wash up and change. When she got home, she found that the front door was already open. But to her, everything looked normal, messy normal, but normal. She got into the bathroom to get into the shower. While undressing, she noticed a few drops of blood in the sink. She didn't think of it because, you know, it's it's just a few drops. It's all right, whatever. So she proceeded to shower. Uh, When she finished showering and stepped out, that was when she noticed a large blotch of of blood on the bathroom mat. Now, when I saw the picture of the the blood on the on the uh-huh. bathroom mat, honestly, to me, it looked like a, a footprint, 
like a bear oh. footprint with the little curve in the heel and everything. Yeah. It looked like a, like a bear footprint, but the, the, it's just, it was mostly just a blotch. That like just a bear me. foot or like a bear foot? Like a bear, not, 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 <laughs> a, not a, not a, not a black bear kind of bear foot. Yeah. You get me. So, okay. so then that's when like it, she started kind of feeling weird and she's like, did somebody cut themselves so as she's thinking this she pulls out the dryer and starts drying her you're making a face daniel i've i've cut my leg while shaving and it's like blood yeah is it that much blood where there's a well if you don't i mean if you don't notice and you've nicked yourself like well enough Uh yeah you can have like a little puddle on your foot yeah and and it wasn't a huge blot and and it didn't look dark it wasn't like it it it, it, it It looked fresh so imagine so imagine this is literally how the footprint look or the blot it looked like somebody with a barefoot, like the, their naked foot, stepped on some red stuff and then stepped on the mat. Mm-hmm. Like it was stamped on. But like, I'm saying that much blood had to pool there. and It wasn't pooled. Be, no, no, it had to pool somewhere for that foot to be able to touch it and then make a full right. on Well, that's why he's going to get there, Daniel. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Well, well, okay. I'm sorry. So- uh, so she started blow drying her hair, trying to think about, I wonder who cut themselves. Uh, I should probably look into this. And that was when she noticed the feces in the toilet. Uh, what? There was just some disgusting shit in her toilet, unflushed. And that's when she's like, okay, that's just fucking weird. All right. There's too much shit. That's like, literally there's too much shit here. And I feel now that I am not alone. There's something wrong here and I don't feel good. So she calls Raphael and she tells him, come over here ASAP. You didn't live that far away, small town. So when Raphael arrives, he noticed that the place was a mess in, in different than the usual like mess that right. girls are. It's just a mess. Yeah. So okay. he he noticed a broken window and he was surprised that Amanda didn't even notice this stuff right away and got into the shower. So that's when they decided let's check Meredith's room. Right. But the door was locked. They yelled for her, but there was no response. So that's when Amanda told Raphael, hey, kick down the door. Just kick it down. Uh, well, he couldn't. No, <laughs> he couldn't kick down the door. FYI, guys, if you need to kick down the door, you kick next to the door handle. That's the sweet spot to break the door open. Wow, thanks, Ernie. Look yeah. at that. Teaching people how to break it in her. <laughs> hey, I was gonna say B and E with Ernie. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Raphael then decides to call the police. Of course, he was gonna do it anyways, but he's like, "Hey, let's let's call them. Let get let's them do it now to kick down the door." So when he calls the police, he mentions to the dispatcher that there is a mess. The the uh, the front door was open. Uh, there was blood. The door to the roommates uh, is locked and there's a missing roommate. So they don't know where she is. Ugh. When the police arrive at the scene, they ordered the couple to wait outside. Mm-hmm. They entered and kicked the door down to the room. A few minutes later, go a few a few minutes go by, and the police come out to inform Amanda that they found Meredith Meredith's naked, uh, her neck was slashed open, and Jesus. there was blood everywhere. Whoa. She only knew Meredith for a few weeks, but she was shocked that this would happen to her. So, uh, the main detective of the case arrives, and uh, this guy's name is Giuliano Mignini. Now, when the detective arrived, like, again, he's, he's the main detective for the whole entire case. When he arrives, the first thing he notices as he's like walking up to the building is that he notices the couple outside, standing outside, comforting each other. But he found it 
weird because they were being very affectionate with each other and mm. he found it inappropriate hmm. that at a murder scene after finding out that a girl's dead this couple was outside making out yeah and he found it very inappropriate I mean, people grieve in weird ways exactly oh my but god I'm so, I'm so afraid i'm in, so so scared kiss me uh, i don't know yeah, I don't no know that works. and honestly when you <laughs> see, when i saw the video I looked at them and they was like, no, that looks like a couple that barely just got together. He doesn't know how to console her and she doesn't know how to act because she's in another country and she barely knows these people. Because mm. remember, he's barely known her him for a week and he's known her for just a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, it seemed normal, but Italy found inappropriate. So then the detective found it really weird when he entered. He's deducing. And he found it weird that the naked body was covered. His thoughts that were that a woman would be the only one to cover a body while a man would never think about covering a naked female body. True story. Yeah. He also found the break-in weird. Nothing was stolen. No evidence that someone climbed the wall. Uh, and when uh, honestly, who would climb the wall? The door was already wide open. Yeah. And his thoughts were that the break-in must have been staged. Hmm. Yeah. The, the in that the whole staged break-in was to divert suspicion from the other person that lives there. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So the first statement that was released to the press was. That it was a group sex crime, an orgy gone wrong. What? Yes. Okay. Oh, mm. Just for, mm. Hold on. So, uh, a, a, a sex party? <laughs> they said it what was happened? an orgy gone wrong. This is the first statement released the next day. What the fuck? Uh, a bloody footprint doesn't equal a, a, a sex party. I didn't hear any story about semen found anywhere. Why is it a sex party? They're going to have their reasons. Yeah, We're going to find out. Italians are freaky. I don't know. I don't know. So um, for the autopsy, uh, they found that there was uh, sex involved. They found oh. male. They found male DNA in her body. Oh. They found uh, small nicks on her chin, as if somebody was like taunting her or torturing her. There was a very deep wound on her neck, and they also found bruising on her arms that that were basically signs that she was being held down. So two days after the murder, they brought Amanda back to the place so they can have her look through all the kitchenware and try to find a knife. They told her, is there anything missing here that should be here? And while they they were asking her all these questions, she realized what they were doing, uh-huh. what they were asking her to find. Uh-huh. And then that's when like it all hit her and she's like, Oh my Holy God. fuck, my roommate's dead. I'm in the place where she died. They're asking me to find the murder weapon. She she goes, she turns hysterical and she's like, no, no, I can't be in here. She's like hitting the temples of her head and she's like, no, I, I can't be in here. I can't do this right now. This is too much. And they found that weird that mm. she went hysterical at the scene of the crime. And that's when they start suspecting her. Oh boy. Three days after the murder the police wiretapped both Amanda and Raphael's phones. Oh, shit. They didn't really get anything. They did get some personal conversations, but they didn't really get anything. But this is is basically the cops suspecting them and they're number one. Yeah. On the night of November 5th, 
the police get a breakthrough on the case. Rafael was called into the station by himself so they can question him. Except Amanda ended up coming with him anyways. Oh my God. Of course she did. Yep. So the police started pressing Rafael, trying to get him to tell them where he was that night. His story was the same as Amanda's, but that wasn't what the cops wanted. And they started to get really aggressive with him. They told him that Amanda was a liar, that she was a slut, and that she did not love him. They held him longer and they threatened him, telling him that, look, Rafael, the situation is not looking good for you. It's actually looking really bad. And then after hours of pressing him and pressing him, he breaks. He turns his back to Amanda and he tells the police that he's been lying the whole time. First of all. Why are they questioning him in front of her? Shouldn't yeah, they have okay. just like separated them? I agree. I'm pretty sure they were separated, but you know, glass offices and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like it could have, yeah. Okay. I think she was in the lobby, but they could still see him. Oh, okay. Anyway, continue. But no, I, well, also, I mean, they're Italian and I don't know, but I guess they have a hard on for hating Americans at the moment. Cause that's like, they were like, oh, but, but remember. Well, uh, hey, what are, what, are, what are you doing? Look at look at her here. Look at her here. This is what the, you know. I don't know how to do an Italian accent, but uh, it's Mario. Look, look, Mario. Look, she's clearly a whore. You know, like that's what they did. They oh kept calling her a whore, telling her she had a gangbang. What the heck? Yeah, dude? Well, we're gonna get more into it, but but remember what I mentioned. This is a small town, mm-hmm. and basically the whole world is is watching, lo- is watching. watching. Yeah, and well, these look- cops are trying to look good. Did they test the turd? Jeez. So when he mentioned he was lying the whole time, he told the cops that he was just telling them what she told him to say. Mm. He changed his whole story. He said he was home alone and Amanda did not get to his place till 1 a.m. Conveniently enough, Amanda was already there at the station. So right after Raphael's confession, they pulled her in. So when they pulled her in, they told her, hey, your boyfriend just turned on you. They wanted to prove that she had left his place and wasn't there all night. And they wanted to see her cell phone. So she said, yes. Yeah, fine. Yeah, take my phone. Look at my phone. There's proof there that my, that my boss texted me and told me I didn't have to go into work. And I even replied to him. There's a timestamp in everything. And then... When she pulled up the text, she translated and she said, uh, we will see each other later. Have a good night. But the way that the police translated it was, no, no. This says that you made an appointment with someone and that you don't remember that you actually made an appointment and you saw somebody. Hmm. So that was their argument and they were telling her you for some reason you don't remember the events of that night you don't remember that you went to go see somebody and you're either on our side or you're on the killer side oh my god wow dude that is horrible yeah and so according to amanda it's like she's she just she's hysterical she doesn't know what's going on she actually literally says i don't know what the fuck is going on and then one of the cops breaks out and he's like i know what fuck means fuck you he clearly thought that she was telling him to go fuck himself oh my god but that's not translation it's all lost in translation so then the cops get more aggressive with her they 
actually get physical with her, where they start slapping her in the back of the head, telling her, remember, remember what happened that night. She breaks into tears and she doesn't know what's going on. Everything blends into her head and she ends up breaking. And through the hysteria, she remembers images of that night. And remember, she's been held there for hours all night. It's the middle of the night. And she tells him that she remembers that she was outside of Raphael's apartment and crap i gotta get there she was outside rafael's apartment uh she remembers the the front door of her apartment being open she remembers patrick's brown leather jacket and meredith screaming and she took all these images as if am i remembering the night she was killed so from these they took it as a confession because of this and what she said they said you're an accomplice and patrick lamumba was the person that killed her and since rafael lied about you and where you were and the alibi and everything all three of them were arrested and honestly because the press had like the media had put so much pressure on the police to try to close the case and everything they they, they rushed to sure. try to get this wrapped up and over and say, hey, we look amazing. We solved this murder. Case closed. Oh, hey. Bada bing, bada boom. After hey, that hey, night, hey. Amanda knew she fucked up. <laughs> the media used everything they pulled out of like the internet they grabbed they went on my myspace they pulled out pictures from amanda like when she was younger they found a picture of her like making a stupid funny face yeah. while holding a gatling gun and they and then and then they found pictures of Raphael like some halloween where he was dressed as a butcher and they're like look look they look like murderers already wow. it was like they're crazy and then they found her facebook called foxy noxy that actually turned into her nickname in the media and they're like foxy noxy the killer or like or she was involved like they twisted the crazy the story and like they made they made Raphael look like he was some kind of innocent kid that got seduced by the slutty crazy american um okay wait but I, yeah i'm just wow they just like railroaded her and immediately we're just like Amanda Knox is bad. Amanda, like from the beginning yeah. when they said, "Oh, look," and she, yeah, this was a sex craze, blah blah blah, and da 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 da. And all this time they're doing all this, but no one takes the time to test the turd. That's all I'm saying. Test the poop, guys. I'm getting there. So, jeez, <laughs> I'm get, I'm getting there. Um, so three weeks after his arrest. Patrick provides a solid alibi and is released. Ugh. Now that Patrick is off, Giuliano wants answers to why Amanda falsely accused him. He thinks it was her trying to make herself look like she wasn't the killer. When he asked her, why did you accuse him? Why? Well, she told him that they were holding me for hours. It was the middle of the night. I was stressed. They were hitting me. They were yelling me, uh, getting at me. It's They were telling me that I was guilty. And so now, now let's go over the text. This text where they're saying that that meant one thing and then there's the other. Yeah. So, right, 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 right. So um, I'm going to try to read it the best I can as in how it was written in Italian. It said, Certo, si vediamo più tarde una serata. So she says, she wrote, we will see each other later. 
have a good night. They said it meant that she had met already with somebody and was saying good night. Mm. I typed the sentence into Google and I got, of course, see you later. Good evening. Now, I don't know Italian, but I do know that there's a lot of Italian dialect in Spanish that yeah, they, share. they share a lot of dialect. So, um, honestly, if me, I'm trying to, me being Hispanic, trying to read this in Spanish, that's exactly how it sounds. Like she's well, saying, like, good night, see you later, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like saying, okay, cool. I don't have to go to work. Good night. I'll see you later. But, and how did they say it sounded? They said that it, that they, they interpreted it yeah. as in like, you had already finished meeting with no, this what, person. What's the words, how they read it? They like, never said the specific words. So what were the words again in English? In English, uh, when I typed it into Google uh-huh. or the way she said it? The way you, when you typed in when I typed it into Google, it said, "Of course, see you later, good evening." Okay, and which I guess can also be interpreted she, as. What did she nice. translate it as? She said uh, that it literally said, "We will see each other later. Have a good night." Okay. Now, even either way it goes, none of those sound like what they're saying it is. So it, but there I, had to be context. And I'm thinking, where was the context? I think the way they were trying to say it, it's it's not the way it was written; is the way that it was implied. See, so it's that's what they were trying to she's say. She's like, uh, yeah. So another dude just left, and uh, <laughs> good night. Mm-hmm. No, man, it's they're painting her as a sex crazed American, yeah. like immediately. Yeah, that's the first thing they did. And they are not letting it go. They yeah. are not. Dude. So man. it's it's this interrogation way that they're doing that they're playing it. So a man insisted the cops were trying to get her to say it was Patrick. And at that moment of weakness, she she believed that it was true. And while talking to Giuliano, he just kept repeating himself uh, like to her. No. Why did you say Patrick? Because they told me it was Patrick. No, no, no. Why did you say it was Patrick? It was like, because they told me that that's what I should say. No. Why did you say it was Patrick? Over and over again. And Amanda was just, she was just stuck in this loop of giving the same answer with him doing the same reply, trying to get a different answer. He didn't, he wasn't getting the answer he wanted. He just kept repeating himself. And like, this is kind of the same thing that happened last time. It's like she just cracked. You tell someone over and over again that your shirt is black while they're telling you it's white and you keep correcting them, but they keep going to saying the same shit and you're like, fuck it, whatever, fine, sure. My shirt is fucking black, whatever. Will you shut up now? <laughs> That's kind of like what false confessions are. It's like interrogators feed the person the information and like they force them to kind of admit it yeah. just to kind of have the story to go the way they want it. It's kind of yeah. like when you start believing your own lies to be true. Yes. And that's how you like beat polygraph tests and stuff because you want, you believe it's true. Yeah. Now let's get to the real fucking mind fucks where oh they really boy. start. This is where it gets bad. So oh uh, while in prison, she was told that she had HIV. What? That she had developed AIDS. She was devastated by this information. And so she had started a diary. And in this diary, she had like she had wrote down and listed all of her past encounters and she was like marking which ones are the ones she did, she had protection with and which ones she didn't. And of course, the diary was fucking leaked. Boom. How was Boom. it leaked? Who knows? No, the media won't tell. It's confidential sources. Now the whole fucking world knows how many people she slept with and that she had AIDS. 
Wow. You want, see, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Want to know the cherry fucking twist on top? I'm ready. Yes, please. It was all a it was all a fucking mind game. The police and the prosecutors were playing on her. She did not have HIV, but the world now saw her as a fucking whore. And by the way, the, by the way, there was only seven guys on that fucking list. Seven oh, guys. Seven? You consider seven guys to be a whore slut, like rabbit no. sex crave That's a maniac? Slow day. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck seven. <laughs> no, but I mean, come on, really? Yeah, seven. No, no. She, she a, seven a times guy, a huge. That's she has like, a guy. What? Uh, what once? Um, not even once a month for a year. You know, I mean, come on, seven is nothing. <laughs> I don't know how Italians take it or how internationally take it. I, I don't, don't know. It's, Italians, it's, I don't know what the numbers are. I I I, I know Italians <sighs> to be those. They're, they're sex crazed, but they like you know they're they're sex positive. I don't understand what is going on here. They're like, oh look at you! You came here for your 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 sex parade, and now you have AIDS too. And what well, is what going on, dude? So let's get down to this evidence. So the knife had not been found yet. So when they searched Raphael's apartment, they found condoms. They found the Harry Potter book, by the way. It was Sorcerer's uh, Stone, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they found, hey. and then they found a kitchen knife that matched the type of blade that was used on Meredith. Um, After the labs ran a DNA test on the blade, they found some of, uh, uh, some of Amanda's DNA on the handle. And then they found some of Meredith's DNA on the blade. Okay. Okay. All right. Then they also noticed that there was blood on the bra that was ripped off of Meredith. And one of the clasps were missing. After finding the clasp, they found traces of Raphael's DNA on the clasp. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. Honestly, look, Raphael... He looked like a fucking nerd. Like seriously, he did. He he like he he, he was he's ha- he's handsome, but he looked like a fucking nerd. And he used to be an altar boy. Like seriously, like he, it's there's nothing. There doesn't look like he has a bad bone in his body. Right. Nope. Now, three weeks after the murder, and Patrick was let off. The police announced that they found proof that. Three people killed Meredith. Oh my god! Now let's go down the list real quick of the evidence that they found. Uh, there was a there was a clamp that had Raphael's DNA on it. Right. They found a bunch of fingerprints and of multiple people in Meredith's room. Uh, there was a shit in the toilet. There was the semen inside Meredith, and then of course there was Meredith's blood everywhere. And we start testing. So most of the prints that belonged, uh, the most of the prints that they found belonged to a person named Rudy Herman. A guy who was notorious for breaking and entering, and he had already fled the country when the murder happened. Hmm. Right after the murder happened, I'm sorry. They got one of his friends to turn on him, and then they made him Skype call Rudy. And this is what happened in their conversation, recorded too. Um, He admitted that he had met Meredith the night before the murder. I mean that the, that the night of the murder, and that no, he met he met her the day before the murder, but the day in question, they decided to go to her place, mm-hmm. but they did not have sex because they didn't have a condom, so he decided to go into the bathroom and use it, and as he was finishing up, he heard a scream, and when he ran out, he ran outside, and that's when he found a, ma- a man running out of the room, and out through the front door. He never saw the guy's face, but he did hear 
Meredith scream and he picked up Meredith and held her in her in his arm as she died. He was covered in blood. He was scared. So he decided to run. Now, at the end of the conversation, the Skype conversation, he did state that Amanda had nothing to do with it. She was not there. Hmm. Rudy was arrested after that. Amanda kind of knew him, but never in person. Not personally at all. She knew him as a local. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. She didn't even know his name at the time either. He just kind of knew his reputation, um, and. But it was definitely undeniable that Rudy was there in the room on the night in question. And honestly, he was in a position to be blamed for everything. So when he decides that his case, he doesn't want to be in trial at the same time as both Amanda and Raphael. Right. He wants a separate case yeah. because his position is fucked and he wanted to, they wanted a speedy trial. So he's like, I want to be judged separately. And that's what they do. So, but then when he gets to court, they fuck he, he changes his, whole, his story. <gasps> he states that as he was holding Meredith's body, he looked out through the window and he saw the silhouette of Amanda leaving the house. Oh. So it was a speedy trial. He was sentenced to 30 years for being part of a murder. And on appeal, it was reduced to 16. Honestly, nobody cared about Rudy. All the focus was on Amanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. During the trial, they painted this picture of Amanda. They were saying that like she was some kind of sex deviant, a whore, the complete opposite of Meredith. That Meredith was an angel, a of saint. Of course. Yes. And this is what the investigators said that happened that night. So Meredith comes home to find Amanda hanging out with Raphael and Rudy at their place. She got fed up with Amanda and scolded her for her lack of morals. Because Amanda is such a proud girl, she felt humiliated and irritated that she yelled back at Meredith and attacked her. And both Rudy and Raphael would do anything to please Amanda. So they also joined in. Ooh, that's what they said happened. Two years after the murder, there's a verdict. Both were found guilty. Amanda got 26 years while Raphael got 25. While in jail, Amanda suffered from depression. She had thoughts of suicide while Raphael also suffered from depression. And But he could only think of Amanda and how much he still loved her. He wanted to send her flowers. He felt terrible for how he turned on her. But unfortunately, the feeling was no longer mutual. Technically... They only dated for five days. Three years after the murder, huh. both of their appeal trials begin. Thanks to the appeal request to have an outside lab run the DNA of the knife and the bra clasp, which was the major piece of evidence, right. instead of the police, that was approved. So outside experts got their hands on these items and they stated it's so easy to spread your DNA around. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it's crazy. They got to be extremely careful during crime scenes. 
So as one of the investigators were checking the videos of the police, they noticed they were being super careless at the scene of the crime. People were coming and going, some without suits, uh, even the guys with suits, they, they rarely changed their boots and gloves. They were super disorganized and they were like, honestly, this is a shit show. I'm pretty sure there's contamination. Absolutely. So the clasp with Raphael's DNA on it, the bloody one, was found under a rug 46 days after the murder. During this time, that shit could have been contaminated by multiple people walking around, stepping on the rug. And like, if they weren't switching boots, they could have easily tracked Raphael's DNA into the fucking place. He could have stepped on it as he walked into the house looking around during the beginning of it. It's And then when they ran the test on the clasp, they found at least two other male DNAs on it, but the police did not mention that. Wow. The knife. Well, now they did get an accurate DNA profile of Amanda on the handle, but Meredith on the blade, well, there was such a small amount that usually a very small, almost insignificant amount means that it's a high possibility of contamination. So when they asked the forensics team that first examined it, did you separate it from everything else? Did you examine this separately? They said, no, we examined the blade with at least 50 other things that belong to Meredith. We are not going to shut down a lab and uh, actually, you know, test something separately when we have so many other cases happening. And it was like, yeah, but you would think to separate the only fucking murder weapon in the case. Oh, wow. Oh yes. my God. Oh, did the American press fucking have a field day on these results? The Americans were bashing the hell out of Italy and their fucking court system and their cops and their DNA forensics. They were bashing on them while the Italians were just, they were like, no, fuck you. Americans think you know better than us. <laughs> shit, was getting, shit was getting fucking crazy. Now, Jeez. Now, Giuliano, the main investigator in the case, he believed that she was guilty no matter what. And the main thing that made him think this was because of all the lies that she had made and how irrational she was. But there was absolutely no trace of Amanda or Raphael in the fucking room at all. And the only thing that was putting them there was the word of a man who was at the scene of the crime and had fled the country after the murder. Now, let me bash on Giuliano okay, right now, go. this investigator. Go. Fuck this dude. I don't trust him. Like from the moment he shows up on the documentary, it's like he's saying he's talking in such a very dramatic way. Oh, yeah. And like, honestly, he, I think he's never had anything exciting happen to his career until that moment. And at that moment, like he was like, holy shit, this is my moment. This is me. This is my case, my breaking case. He was always a fan of detective movies and he felt like this was like, like this was his chance to be Sherlock Holmes, his absolutely favorite because Sherlock Holmes was the guy known for being able to find evidence from insignificant things and but, events. Okay, can I? Yeah, yeah. 
No, no, actually continue, continue. Cause I okay. think you're about to hit it. Yes. So I, I think this was his way of trying to like, like come up with his bullshit far-fetched stories and just looking at him during the crime, like outside Raphael's apartment when they were about to search it, when all the press were there outside the courtroom, when he was about to go into the court. Okay, no, okay, no, 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 okay. wait, wait. Okay. He took out a fucking pipe. Stop it. It was pretending to be Sherlock Holmes. Stop it. The thing wasn't even lit. And he was pulling out. He was like, oh, the camera's on me. Pulls out the pipe right away, puts it in his mouth. And he's like, yes, trying to look cool. He was trying to look cool in front of the camera. Stop it. He wanted to be Sherlock Holmes. This was his opportunity to be Sherlock Holmes. In this case. Why? Why was he not replaced? He fucking loved the fact that after the case was solved, everybody in the city were walking up to him, shaking his hand, thanking him, saying he was a hero. He let the whole entire praise go to his head. This was his prize case. By doing that, he let the whole entire city down. Yep. Yeah. And so... And then, and then there was also some other statements that had come, that come out for, from the police that I found that were just, now they probably found it weird, but me as American, just like her, I found it normal. So <laughs> no, so a few, so some of the statements that they said that made her look weird and made her look guilty were, okay. The first one was, um, uh, let me find it. Uh, okay. So one of Meredith's friends had said that when they were waiting in the room uh, of the for to, to deliver their statements, one of them mentioned to Amanda, they were like, "Oh, I hope Meredith didn't suffer badly." And Amanda replied, "Of course she fucking suffered. She had her throat fucking cut." Yeah. Now they found that extremely fucked up. And honestly, she's not fucking lying. She did. Getting your throat like slashed is one of the most fucked up ways to die. Because at that point, you're basically drowning in your own blood. Yes. It's a fucking horrible way to die and suffer. It's like, apart from getting stabbed in the stomach, that's another. Yeah, that's right. That's that's one of the most uh, ways suffering, slowest suffering deaths. Now, uh, they also mentioned how they were kiss. The couple was kissing outside of the murder scene. Also, they said that uh, during they were still searching the house, they noticed that she was doing cartwheels and stretching exercises. Who, Amanda? Yeah. And that they found (laughs) it extremely weird. Now, I call that fucking yoga. And that seriously, half of the males in L.A. would be dead if girls didn't have yoga to calm them down after they would piss them off. Exactly. I swear to God. She's like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't want to talk to you. I'm going to go do yoga. Yeah. And after I'll talk to you after my yoga class after I center my G. It's like seriously. Yep. Center my G. Get my energy right. She's like downward dog. I'm gonna fucking marry him tonight. Yeah. So then by the time she hits sun salutation, she's like (laughs) peace, love, and happiness. There you go. So this is what Amanda says. What sounds more believable? That she got together with her boyfriend and some guy she barely even knew and she told them to rape her roommate and let her stab her to death? Or is it more believable that a guy who was known as a burglar that around town broke into the home, found her roommate, took advantage of her, and ran off? A burglary gone wrong. Yep. So to start wrapping things up, four years after the murder, the court 
of Appeals absolved both Amanda and Raphael because they have come to the conclusion that they did not commit the murder. They were released immediately and Amanda returned to Seattle with her family while Raphael returned home, wondering how he will be able to start his life again. Six years after the murder, an Italian court throws out their acquittal and they are found guilty once again. The new verdict is focused on circumstantial evidence, which included her behavior and the relationship she had. The verdict, uh, but the verdict is appealed to the Supreme Court. Because of the extraditor. Yes. Eight years after the murder, the final verdict. Amanda is still in Seattle at home. Meredith's family still believes she is guilty. And the whole world is waiting for the Supreme Courts and to give their ruling. And through a live feed, Amanda receives the news that her and Raphael were exonerated from all charges. Damn. As soon as the news broke, Amanda received a call from Raphael. And there's nothing but cheer and relief between them. In September 2015, the Supreme Court released its reasoning behind their ruling. The court blames stunning flaws in the investigation and increased media attention for creating a frantic search for guilty parties. There's a complete lack of biological traces to connect, uh, connect them to the crime. All evidence still points to the guilty Rudy Gede. And that's Amanda Knox. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. And fuck you, Raphael. So, <laughs> so do, I have to say. do you guys think she's innocent? Do you like, do you think Rudy did it? It's so you- crazy. Like in my head, I was like, oh, like I could just see so many different scenarios. Right. So I can absolutely see um, I, in my head. It was her coming home and seeing her boyfriend banging her roommate. And then she fucking snapped. Uh-huh. You know, I could see that scenario. I can totally believe the burglar scenario where, he, and then he comes and changes his story. Like yeah, yep. that's what she comes home to. Cause like sometimes if you just like her being oblivious to everything, like I do that, I come home and I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't even see that. Like there's huh. days where I miss shit and I live in my house. <laughs> um, you know, like it was just kind of, it's crazy. Like, Cause, cause you don't know who to trust. Yeah. Like, like you don't know exactly. who to, to trust the police or trust her. Was it? Oh, I never trust real? the police. I'm just gonna put that out there. Cause <laughs> the the way the, the way the, the interrogation that they were doing, it's like a lot of cops do that, where they hold them there for hours, absolutely, drill them and drill them to a psychological break. Yeah. And you you think that oh they're gonna just break and tell the truth, or if they're just breaking and saying yes to whatever. It's you're like telling them. making a murderer. Did huh. you you know? Did you watch that? It's like making a murderer. They did that yeah, to that yeah. that young boy. Oh and, yeah. And they fed him everything. They fed him. And, and he was already not smart. Yeah, yeah, he was already really kind of touched. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he they co- coerced a yeah. confession out of him yeah. and they built their entire case around a false confession that mm. they created by planting those things in their head. Yeah. And it's really wrong that they're even allowed to do that. Yeah. American Vandal season two. I'm currently watching it. And like <laughs> the, one of the first the episodes. Oh my God. In the season two that like they, season there's two. actually a really good example of them doing the whole feeding them the story and then getting them to admit it. Yeah. Season two is funny. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, that's, that one was lengthy. I'm sorry guys, but tell us what you think about this. It's like, and also go watch Netflix special. It's so good. Like they tell it better than I do. So (laughs) get all the details. I didn't know that story at all. And it's pretty recent. Oh yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. So like RBG was on the Supreme court when that happened. Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh yeah. 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 
Well, uh, listeners, tell us what you thought about our today's stories. And then, like, <laughs> so did you like him? Do you like? Do you have stories to tell? You know, just <laughs> reach out to us. Uh, we'll be posting uh, pictures, links, yes. and info of these stories on our website. So make sure you follow that. And make sure you share your favorite stories with us. If there's one that you like, oh, you would yes. like us to read. Off, like, send it our way, and we'll definitely like take a peek. Yes, certainly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're a good reader. That's why. Uh, uh, so reading other people's words oh yeah you are way good at that so um make sure you guys tune in next week for the tales love tales from the dark side part two which will bring you a whole new set of stories yes so uh sarah where can we find you on social media um you can find me on all social media at rogue tastic and starting up we are going to be having riverdale soon gingerdale gingerdale the riverdale after show will be starting up with me and Daniel. That's right, but now you just reminded me when you just said like the whole interrogation and they keep them there for hours and they try and they just agree to anything. It feels uh, like that with our boss at Hashtag. <laughs> he'll talk to us enough where like there are nights where you just know he doesn't want to go home and he'll just sit there and he'll talk to you. So you're just like, yes, yes, okay, all right, I'll fight that kangaroo. He's like, what? You just don't care. You know? But yeah, that's, uh, but uh, you'll find me there at uh, Riverdale. And uh, besides that, uh, you can just look for me on Instagram Instagram at Battlestar Galactica. Nice. And I'm uh, the underscore journey on all social media. That's J E R N I. And follow all of Quest for Player Two as Quest for Player Two on all social media. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much and enjoy your guys' October and happy questing. Questing.